We're uh, talking about um, spiritual warfare and, uh, and prayer, and hopefully I can combine the two together this morning. But, uh, you know, whether you like it or not, you're in a war, and if you don't realise it, you soon will. Uh, some crazy stuff goes on when you become a Christian, and, you know, it's, uh, it's not all just, uh, you know, walk in the park and steak on your plate while you wait, as someone used to say. And uh, I do believe this. There's kind of like a bit of a, uh, a honeymoon period in the beginning. It's like everything you say and everything you do just works out. And, uh, but then, as any good soldier, you put to work. And uh, soldiers don't stay in the barracks. Although, I tend to see that can happen pretty easily. But uh, what I'd really like to do this morning is I'd really want to um, pull a curtain back on the, on the spiritual world and the war that takes place in the heavenlies. You know, it's, it's, it feels like the movies, I, you know, when I think I see things in pictures. And uh, it's like, you know, in the, in the old days when the, the curtain would come up in the movie, probably people don't even go to the movies anymore. We went to one the other night with only one in the, in the whole theatre. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> it was a new release. But, you know, the curtain would come up and it would all start to happen. And, and, and I'm, I am convinced that the world we live in is so dulled, our, our spiritual eyes to see what is actually going around us right now, in this place, what's going on around your world, in your work, in your personal life. And I really hope, you know, we can just pull this back a little bit this morning. You know, it says that, you know, once I was lost, now I'm found. Once I was blind, now I see. And, and it's helping you to understand that there is this other dimension more real than this. Because this will pass away. The dimension you have been born again into won't pass away. There is a world that will never pass away that you're a part of. And you know, one of the greatest tricks of the devil is just to get you focused on this. And it is not about this. When you realise what it's about, your, your whole focus, your whole shift will change towards others and his kingdom. Because let me tell you, I, I lay in bed the other night thinking about my life and, and where I... You know, that was depressing, but anyway. no, <laughs> It was. It used to be. True story. And, um, and just thought, wow, how fast life has gone. You know, so like, what was that? That was your life, mate. You know, so, all right. So in the beginning, a cosmic battle took place between God and the devil for man's allegiance. And it appears that along with Satan, one third of the angels revolted with him. So we have unseen powers that we war against, mainly in prayer. Jesus said, behold, I give you all the power over the enemy. You, know, you might not even thought about it for a while, but hey, yeah, hey, we've got an enemy. You might have just been blindly walking along, totally uh, oblivious to the stuff that's going on in your world. And you just take, you're just rolling with the punches. I've just got to work out. I've got to use the arrow here. With the other one, you just use your fingers. It's really good. You just scroll up and down. So I want to read you a little story. 
about the unseen powers. This is in uh, 2 Kings uh, 6 and 8. And the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God, who is Elijah, sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass such a place, for the Syrians have come down there. And the king of Israel sent to the place of which the man of God told him and warned him and saved himself there, not once nor uh, sorry, not, one, not once nor twice. In other words, more than once or twice. And the heart of the king of Syria was enraged for this thing. And he called his servants and he said to them, Will you not show me which one of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, someone's been listening to what's going on. And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king. But Elisha, the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in the bedroom. And he said, Go and spy where he is so that I may send and bring him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. And he sent their horses and chariots and a great army, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And the servant of the man of God arose early and went out. So this is Elisha's servant. And behold, an army surrounded the city and horses and chariots. I mean, that's a big army. Surround. This is the king of Syria. This is a dominant power at the time. This is the biggest army that would exist in the world. So you can imagine how many there is surrounding the city. It's not a town. This is a city. And the servant of the man of God rose early and went, and he was surrounded by the city and the horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, to Elijah, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And Elijah answered, Do not fear, for those with us are more than those with them. And Elisha prayed and said, I pray, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And God opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around about Elisha. You know, incredible story that sometimes we do really need to have our eyes opened as to what is going on in our world. What I said before was that, you know, we believe that one third of the, the angels were cast down and became evil angels, if you like, or demons, whatever you want to call them, uh, but still two thirds that remained true to God. Hey, listen, this is the greatest story that has never been made into a movie. You know, Tarantino should get a hold of this or someone that can put it, you know, get this thing on the screen because this is absolutely mind-blowing. They do all these other spiritual movies where the the devil is just this horrific guy who just takes control of everything. What a con that is. That is just not the reality of what is going on in our world. Man, behold, I give you all power over all of the enemy. And I I just want to, you know, and part of the devil's ploy is for you not to know that, not to move in it, not to stand in it, and not to see it come about in our world. Might be able to stop you being a Christian, but he'll try and stop you being effective, that's for sure. For the weapons, 2 Corinthians 10.4, for the weapons of our warfare, you're in a battle. You know, you didn't sign up and say, well, uh, it's okay, I'll I'll just be a cook in this war. There's no cooks in this war. Do you know what I mean? Or I'll play in the band. And, I talk, this is, and I'll talk about that in a minute too. I'm not talking about just, you know, 
blowing a flute, you know, marching out, boom, boom, you know, I'm in the army. No, you're not. <laughs> That's not the real army. So you, sorry to any other army musicians we might have here. Al's in there. He's, hey, he's this guy, he's a... Infantry. Infantry's on foot, isn't it? What's the difference between the infantry and the army? There is none. Okay, and then you got the band. Hey, <laughs> 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 they got medals, you know. <laughs> you weren't even there. Even the bombs were going off, you know. In the past, in Israel, the musicians went out the front. Cannon fodder. <laughs> anyway. Anyone ever heard of cannon fodder? Stevie has. Feed them to the cannons. They would go out first. Men and women of dignity. For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Not the stronghold, you know, that it's, you do it once. Strongholds, they're going to keep going. Pulling down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ. Whew. Ephesians 6.12 For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. You know the devil's really happy to fight amongst yourselves with your wife, your husband, your boss, your neighbour. See them as your enemy. Oh, you've got no idea what my boss is like. He is just, oh man, I'm... Hey, whoa, 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 Oh, you don't know what she said to me, my wife. You don't know what she... Don't know what, well, hang on. This, maybe maybe the, the best place to start here, you want to talk about spiritual warfare? Let's talk about forgiveness. <laughs> I mean, wow, what a sword to, to wield. Forgiveness. The most powerful thing we can do. Forgive your wife. Forgive your neighbor. Forgive your boss. Forgive the guy who works with you. I mean, see, the devil uses people. He doesn't just hang around, although he can create a nasty atmosphere. But he uses people, uses people around you. He uses people in church that, man, just rub you up the wrong way. I love you, Phil. <laughs> I always, I always pick on Phil, but Phil, Phil is just because I'm so small and Phil's so big, but he's so soft on the inside. He is, he's just, uh, uh, yeah. Don't fight against those around about you. Learn to go into war. But we don't fight against the flesh and blood, but we fight against principalities, against powers against the world's rulers of the darkness of this age and against the spiritual wickedness in high places. As I said, the devil, fallen angels, the greatest thing they can do is they can oppress you, oppressive spirit happening over your world, or actually look for um, uh, possession or oppression. That The Greek word there is, is, I've been talking to Dan a little bit about it, is a little bit hard to understand, not... It's hard to tie down, so it, it can mean both possession and oppression. Uh, and I believe that takes place when people become Christians. It might 
uh, oppress you, but it won't possess you. It can't own you. But that's the, the greatest thing uh, the demonic will do. And if they can get in on or whatever around uh, people around you, they're going to do that. And the devil's going to do that just to wear you down. You are the enemy. You are in a war. And it's a war that's more than just about a block of land, a country. This is a war for the eternal spirits of men and women. We don't talk much about hell and we don't talk much about angels. This morning I want to talk a little bit about angels, the angelic realm, where these beings live and exist, have since the beginning of time and will live on into eternity. But we have an incredible connection with them. Um, I hope I can make this real for you this morning. I don't want to tell you ghost stories, but I just want you to... Just what they want to do and what they're trying to do. I'll read you another story out of Job. I'm still scrolling up and down. I'm glad you can't see it on the screen. In Job 1.6, And a day came when the sons of God came to present themselves before God. And Satan also came among them. And, and God said to Satan, From where do you come? And Satan answered, uh, Sorry. And Satan answered God and said, From growing to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. See, Satan was cast out of heaven. He had a, I believe, we have the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, and I believe that we have a trinity of the archangels with Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. And uh, so there's not only just him, as I said, when they fell, he, he took a third of these angels with him. And I believe these are the ones that have come before God. He said, well, he said he's walking up and down in, in it. And God said to Satan, have you set your heart against my servant Job? Because there's none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. And Satan answered God and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him and around his house and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his livestock have increased in the land. You put forth your hand now and touch all that he has and he will curse you to your face. And God said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Do not lay your hand upon him. And Satan went forth from the presence of God. And I encourage you to have a read through the book of Job. It's a long one. Um, But just what actually takes place. We see what I'm talking about this morning. We see happening in this cosmic realm that's about to take place over the life of this man. Something I want you to say is, He went to his grave never knowing about this incredible cosmic battle for the heart of this man. And Job says this wonderful thing. And in the end of after everything happens, he said, I know my saviour lives. And he he knew that his God would see him through all of this, the things that he lost. He actually ended up with more than he had in the very beginning. But we just see this incredible, crazy battle taking place in the heavenlies. But he went to his grave, never knowing what took place. Has anyone heard of a book called Screw Tape Letters? Yeah. 
For those of you, if you haven't, you can, you can probably download it now. <laughs> Amazing, all this downloading stuff, you know. <laughs> no one can make any money anymore making tapes and records and uh, CDs and books and everything's just there. Um, it's a, a letter of... Uh, they're, they're a collection of letters supposedly written... It's, it's fiction, by the way. Um, the Screwtape letters are a collection of letters supposedly written by a devil or attempt to name Screwtape. And he is writing to his young nephew, Wormtail, who is just learning the ways of tempting and leading people or patience away from God. There's just one of the quotes in there. Screwtape talking to his nephew. If you, can, if you can once get him to the point of thinking... So he's talking about... So they're all assigned people, the patient. Screwtape saying to his nephew, if you can get him to the point of thinking that religion is all very well up to a point, you can feel quite happy about his soul. A moderated religion is as good for us as no religion at all and more amusing. <laughs> it's an amazing book to read and it'll just give you a bit of an insight, I think, into what is actually going on. There's a scripture that says, strike the shepherd and scatter the sheep. And that doesn't mean... So we, we live in this world and, and the enemy will, will try and do all he can to oppress you, to mess with your life, to make you discontented, to wear you out. And I was, I was just thinking about you guys and I was preparing this morning and I've seen it in... Pastor Eric Christine, who were the, the former pastors here, and um, strike the shepherd and you'll scatter the sheep. I want you to understand and comprehend the added pressure that comes on Pastor Dan and Hannah. And, and I seriously say, because I don't know what it's like, because I've never been there, but I have, I have witnessed it. Um, I used to be on staff here for quite a while uh, with Pastor Eric. And, and what goes on in their world, sometimes has got to be seen to believe. Now, there's times, and I often I'll pray for people, that they're in a place that they can't even pray for themselves because they're so overwhelmed with what's going on. But you see, that's where you and I come in. That's where friends come in. That you stand with people, you pray for people. That's okay. Maybe you haven't got it. We've got a Nick laying in a life support. Sorry. <laughs> These people are a part of our church. We can pray. Get something in our spirit. Get something that stands. We call on our God. For this young woman. Because we're friends. We stand with them. What hurts them hurts us. Things go on in our world. We need each other. We need to be people of prayer. We need to stand with one another. Believe in one another. Encourage one another. Breathe into one another. And don't stop. But praying... Pastor Dan and Hannah, lifting these guys in prayer, that we would undergird them 
They could go about the work that they've been called to and have answered and stand with them, believe with them, pray for them. We're called to do that because they will face and cop more than most of us will ever experience. And it comes in all sorts of ways, all sorts of, you know, can, you know in forms of sickness, oppression, things like that. Because the devil doesn't want this to grow. The devil doesn't want you to go to heaven. These people have, have put their foot on the front, on the front line and said, We're gonna, we'll do this. They're at the front of the battle. They've looked the enemy in the eye and said, we're going through. Well, not only are we going through, but we're going to build this thing. They pose an incredible threat to the building of the kingdom of God. They've got an enemy that doesn't want them to do that. But we can pray and we can pull down every principality and every power and every world force of darkness that would try and oppress these people. We play a part in that. It's what we do as a church. This morning we, we get together and we pray. I encourage you, come and be a part of praying. Church is not a clock on, clock off thing. We are the church 24-7. We create an atmosphere in this place for those who might never have been before. God, we invite you into this place. An atmosphere that allows God to move, move freely. We, we have the privilege, we, we've got a, um, one of our connect groups. Um, we were at the other night and we were at a different place. And uh, we walk in and it's just it's unbelievable, the presence of God. Because we've got people praying, people creating an atmosphere. We don't have to fight through all this stuff. We can sit in the presence of God. The other place we were meeting is exactly the same. You just walk in, presence of God there. We can just have a meeting. Someone's created an atmosphere. Someone's gone before us. I remember I used to have a, 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 um, a Connect meeting a long time ago. And I used to fast for the day uh, so I could really get something from God. And I had these three guys who used to travel in from out the valley. And uh, these guys, man, no, no, Christians, but... We're caught up in a, a, a cult, if you like. And these guys would arrive at 5 o'clock. You know, meeting started at 7. They'd be there at 5. And they would bring this stuff with them. Just a, an atmosphere. And it was incredible just punching through this thing. Just trying to get something from God. Fight against this thing for people. You put yourself somewhere to do something for God. And you're going to come up against that thing that wants to force you back and push you back. Pray for the musicians. Just, just in case you're wondering, we just don't have this as a bit of entertainment before we have the word. We're having this to try and create an atmosphere. We're trying to get words up here that are out of the word of God or repeat those sentiments and we create an atmosphere so when someone like myself or Dan, whoever is, to get up to speak, that we've got an atmosphere that our ears might hear. It, this is really, really important. This isn't a gig. It's not a gig for these guys. They pull that off here, they're clapping. Man, I, 
I, I was in the music team for a while. Poor oh, man, boy, that, yeah, seriously, it's hard work. And I was the drummer. <laughs> a drummer is apparently not a musician. So, uh, I just carry a pair of drumsticks, put them on the dashboard and park in uh, those disabled car parks. <laughs> what do you call someone who... <laughs> what do you, <laughs> Oh, no. The difference, where's, where's Benny? Benny's here today. What's the difference between a drum machine and a drummer? You only have to punch the information into a drum machine once. <laughs> but seriously, um, you, you know. that. No. <laughs> I've had some, some of the wildest band practices. They're just incredible. And all of a sudden you realise, hang on, we're not fighting against flesh and blood here. We're, we're trying to put something together that's going to create an atmosphere in this place where people can find God. Now, it's not always, not always devils and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, okay. Where are we up to? I've got a list here that says when to finish. Goodness me. This must be my closing prayer. Here we go. I'll just, I'll just finish on this then. It says in Hebrews 1.4, it says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent under the ears of salvation? What that's talking about is that's talking about the angelic host. Now, you know, we're not in a place to say, okay, I want this angel to go over here and do this, and I want this angel over here to go and do that, and yada, yada, yada. Basically, that as we pray the word of God, we see the angelic forces move. It talks about them who obey his word. We pray his word. We see them move. God didn't ask us just to engage one-on-one with the enemy, but to pray, take a hold of heaven, do something. You know, there's one thing that neither the devil or God can interfere with, and it's your will your decisions. It says we're pulling down imaginations. There's a dimension of our own life that we choose what we're going to believe, what we're going to feed ourselves, what we're going to do, what we're not going to do. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to be involved. I'm not going to give. All these things we choose we're not going to do. We can choose things that we are going to do. I'm going to pray. I'm going to stand. I pray for my friends. Pray for my wife. I pray for my children. I'm going to get on the front line. I'm going to stand. I'm going to see God move. I'm going to see my church grow. I'm going to see my friends prosper. I'm going to see my friends well. That's my will. I get up every morning and here's the opportunity, Chris. What are you going to do? We choose to commit our day to God. It's the first thing we do. Me and my wife in the morning, it's the first thing we do. We honour Him. God, we're starting our day with you. Every day is a new day. We're going to start it with you. We're going to start it with you. That's the choice, choice that we make. We can have stuff going on in our world. And we can blame the devil and all it is is just you. We can be lazy and just sit back and do nothing. A soldier is on the front foot. A soldier is someone who's going to do something. Stand for your family. If your hands don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Taking hold of God, 
taking hold of God in prayer. God's will, the devil's will, your will. We know what God's will is and we know what the devil's will is. What's yours? This morning I challenge you that what prayer is, I'm trying to talk about it a little bit in terms of warfare. It's very hard to do in a short span of time. But hopefully this morning to just pull back that curtain and you see this world that you're in, that you're engaged in. The, what are you going to do now? I'm going to connect with it. I'm going to connect with it. I'm going to be a part of change in my world. So many people talk about, you know, what we should do. You are the church. I am the church. It's what I should do. That's all I can do. On that day, that's all I'm going to be asked. What do you do? Doesn't want to know anybody else. What they do? He's not going to say that. Hey, what they do? I don't know. I don't think it was very good though. What'd you do? Huh? Can I just see every head bowed and every eye closed? Father, we just thank you. We thank you, God. You have given us every weapon of warfare needed. Father, that we have the victory in Christ. Lord, when he rose again, never be defeated Holy Spirit Holy Spirit if you're in this place this morning and you've never asked Jesus to come into your life that you've just been fighting forces of darkness perhaps you're unaware until that curtain's pulled back and you think that's what's going on well, I want, want you to know this morning we're asking Jesus Christ into your life the power of heaven becomes yours these things that overwhelm you will be defeated it's going to be a decision for you to make this morning that that's what you want to do So those of you who are here, perhaps things have gone on in your world. It might be finances, it might be depression, it might be anxiety, maybe things in your marriage. You can either roll over and let those things just wash over your world, or you can take up the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. Today, start today. So I'm putting up with that stuff anymore. If I've not been given a spirit of fear, but one of power and of love and a sound mind. Begin to speak the word of God over your life. Turn your life around. The word of God is power not only to save, but to change, transform you. My life was taken from an absolute pit and absolutely transformed. I'm not there yet, but I'm moving forward. This isn't as good as it gets. It gets better and better and better. Prove your marriage. Marriage that we've fought to enjoy. 45 years together in love more than we ever were. We fought for that. Could have just rolled over and let it go. Not going to. 
My children weren't in church. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm just going to pray. Pray and believe. Pray and believe. My children were in church. Fine young men, so proud of. What's in your world? What's in your world? Draw back that curtain, see what's going on. Stand up. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Lord, we thank you for an open heaven over this place this morning. The God that you would breathe into each one of us. Lord, your purpose, the possibilities. Lord, let us see for a moment without that oppression of of depression or anxiety sitting on us. Let us just see for a moment, Lord, clearly what could be. And Lord, we decide to yield to you and choose you. Holy Spirit. So if that's you this morning, you're here and your eyes have been opened. The curtain has been raised. You know, you stand before a decision this morning. See, I place before you this day life and death. Choose life. That was Joshua. As for me and my house, we're going to choose the Lord.